It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Farm Talk with John O'Connor with Dairy Gold Heifer Rearer Cube, a trusted partner to help your replacement heifers reach their target weights and meet their full potential. Hello and welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. Weather is particularly bad at the moment, so what can be done in the field? We hear what the situation is at this time. We conclude our topic on farm diversification and find out about another successful West Cork business. We hear about the key factors likely to influence the agri-food industry for the remainder of 2021. Farmers are proving to be resilient as the industry is deemed an essential service in the COVID pandemic. We learn how the Cultivate Working Capital Facility from credit unions is helping sustain farming life. Farm Talk's John O'Connor will also look at stories making the agri-news this week. The Irish Farmers Association and their French equivalent organisation, FNSCA, have held a bilateral meeting to discuss issues of mutual concern and they've agreed to work together closely in the coming months to influence farm policy in France and in Ireland, and by extension the European Union. FNSEA, led by Christian Lambert, who is also president of COPA, and Mr Tim Cullinan, the two teams discussed the latest CAP reform, including the so-called Green Architecture, and mainly the proposals to strengthen some GAECs and deduct up to 30% of every farm basic payment scheme to fund eco-schemes. The Irish and French organisations agreed, following their meeting, that conditionality requirements would not go beyond the current greening measures. Their implementation would take into account the farm's agronomic and economic realities. Regarding the eco-schemes, Presidents Lambert and Cullinan stressed the dual need, on the one hand, the efforts of farmers to be recognised, and on the other, that the eco-schemes should be based on an incentives approach to allow access to the greatest number in order to encourage a real ecological and climate transition. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Irish Farmers Association says NatWest has a moral responsibility to ensure that Ulster Bank loans go to pillar banks. Ulster Banks announced it'll begin a phase wind-up of operations over a number of years here. But IFA President Tim Cullinan says NatWest must commit that it will not sell any of its loan book to a so-called vulture fund, but instead to banks that can offer a full service to customers. It's estimated there are 10,000 farmers with borrowing some Ulster Bank and a further 10,000 availing of current account facilities. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine has advised farmers that the application process for the 2021 Basic Payments Scheme and the Greening Scheme has now opened. 
Farmers will be receiving a BPS information pack containing maps and land details. The pack will include a useful help sheet and will assist farmers in making their online application. The closing date for BPS applications is Monday, May the 17th, 2021. One million euro in grants has been announced to support 4.9 million in investments by nine seafood processing companies. Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellogue, announced the funding for the companies to further grow their business in challenging times with both COVID and Brexit impacting on markets and the ongoing capital investment in the seafood sector is evidence of its resilience and optimism for future growth prospects. Core companies to benefit are Good Fish Processing Limited, Castletown Bear Fishermen's Cooperative Society Limited and Senahook Trading Limited. The Minister for Agriculture, Charlie McConlogue, has been pressed for clarity on the status of point-to-point meetings during COVID. The Cork East TD, Sean Sherlock, said it's hard to understand how race meetings can go ahead, albeit behind closed doors, but point-to-points have been cancelled. Deputy Sherlock's called for an explanation ahead of forthcoming meetings in the Mallow area, like Kildarry and Drumahan next month, both of which are technically cancelled. He said these are vital to the local economy, and people need to know what their status is as part of the overall horse industry. In relation to the status of point-to-point racing, uh, we know that quite a number of uh, meetings throughout the country have been cancelled. Uh, I cannot figure out the logic of allowing racing to go ahead, as the Minister says, because of the importance of uh, you know, the, the racing industry in terms of the bloodstock industry, but disallowing point to points. I would have thought that the two of them are absolutely uh, complementary uh, and, and they dovetail each other. And I, I would argue that if, if you can justify uh, holding race meetings, you can surely justify holding point to point meetings. But again, I, you know, I'm a Cork person. I live in the town of Mallow. There's a race course in my town. I recognise the importance of the industry. Uh, but I would like to speak for people who operate, you know, point to points, uh, and I would like to speak for, you know, meetings that will come before us uh, for March, uh, which are not technically cancelled. I'm talking about Kildare, uh, I'm talking about Drumahan and places like that, which are vital to the local. Uh, economy and just to ask about the status of those meetings. In relation to point-to-point racing, I've had many representations uh, from deputies and senators in relation to this. I know the challenge uh, this the pandemic has posed for horses and training and for also an industry which is, has great value economically. It will be monitored and assessed um, in, uh, as, uh, in light of the public health um, advice. Online mart sales continue to provide a lifeline as we enter the busy spring sales season. As COVID restrictions continue online, Mars continue to play a key role in sustaining farm life. Agriculture has shown an ability to adapt. And joining me to discuss this is Siobhan Daly, Cultivate Agri Advisor from Yall Credit Union. Definitely, yes. And like there has been a huge change, I suppose, with COVID for Mars going online. I suppose this would be something traditionally farmers would have never, ever looked at or went online watching online sales. Whereas the Mars has changed completely like animals now must be in the mark before 7 and 10. And then, you know, you're viewing that a lot of farmers so can't go, they wouldn't they send an agent instead for them. Or if the farmer wants to go himself, he'd go and make an appointment and view the animals between, say, 10 and 11. 
But before any sale starts now in the mart, every single person must be gone from the mart, which is very unusual because pharma traditionally that was nearly where they their meeting area where they met people to go and have a chat. So it is very different for them this time. And I suppose when everybody leaves and goes back, it's when the online sales start from their vans or from their jeeps or from wherever. So it is definitely very, very different, especially watching online sales on an app, Marti and LSL app. That was something traditionally I don't think any farmers would have done. But they have been embracing it because they've had to get on with it. And what kind of a response have you been getting from them? Yeah, something that was never done before. They are embracing it. You see, all of them have the apps downloaded and they're they're watching the online sales. I suppose traditionally our older, older farmers that don't have access to that, I suppose, have their agent going instead of them. And I suppose a lot of the farmers would have a great relationship with their agents. So... You know, they know if they're calf to slaughter, you know, so if they want 20 Angus heifers, the agent for them knows very well what they do sell and buy, you know. And generally, trade has been good, hasn't it, Siobhan, in the marts? It is. It has been good. I suppose maybe there sometimes weather conditions can be, you know, a stumbling block like last weekend. It was very, very wet, so an awful lot, say, of overseas that will come in to buy calves and all of that didn't show up last week at the march because of the weather conditions being so bad. So there's a lot for them to get used to on it. And I suppose there's a lot of changes and there's a lot of ways they have to change their trading. But you know what? Farmers are have been here for a long, long time and we continue to be always here, you know. Just on the products that you're offering them then to make life easier, they've been dealing obviously with financial institutions all their lives. What's on offer there, Siobhan? to make this whole process easier? I suppose the credit unions came together there in 2018. Um, we had from my Mitchelltown, Mallow and Yaw came together and we would have done maybe eight to ten weeks of agri-training in Palaskinnery College in Limerick and we would have done a lot through Moorpark and Chagas. So I suppose one thing was the skill ups, uh, you know, the skill updating. I was from the farming background but after going ten weeks to palace greenery i think i knew nothing before that so it's amazing to go to a farm and understand the whole lot of it by seeing it so the products that we have like we're doing stocking loans and we can see there since kind of breaks have settled down farmers seem to be spending an awful lot you know more money this year that they know post breaks is kind of settled so they are buying in their stock their stocking loans i suppose an awful lot of the TAMS grants would have been used up now, so farmers buying their trailing shoes and all of that. And I suppose the last part would be, you know, sheds, general sheds, steel is going up on price, so farmers are just beginning, you know, to fix the sheds they have or put up new ones. Siobhan Daly, Cultivate Agri Advisor from Yall Credit Union. For any further information, Siobhan's contactable on 024 Listeners in the farming community who believe they have a workable idea for the development of a local biodiversity initiative, which they estimate would cost over €50,000 and which could be up and running within 12 months of a sanction, are invited to apply for EIP funding. There are already 24 such locally-led EIP programmes in operation and Minister of State Pippa Hackett has now opened a new call for groups of farmers, NGOs, local authorities, community groups or indeed existing EIPs to submit their ideas and suggestions for possible farming biodiversity initiatives. 
€1.25 million Euro has been provided for these projects now, adding to the €60 million Euro already invested in the concept to date. Minister Hackett described the up-and-running 24 locally-led programmes as amongst, quote, the shining stars of the current rural development programme. Further information at the following, eip at agriculture.gov.ie, eip capital letters, all the rest lowercase, that's eip at agriculture.gov.ie, or by phoning the following low-call phone number, that's low-call 0761-064-415. Local 0761-064-415. Closing date for submission of applications, midnight, 31st of March, 2021. Projects cost in excess of €50,000 for completion from start to finish within 12 months of sanction. Two new directors to the board of the INSDAC, Irish National Stud Designated Activity Company, INSDAC, have been announced by the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, TD. And the two new directors are Ms. Finola O'Mani and Ms. Cloda Kavner. They've both been announced in recent days by Minister McConnell. The Minister said he was confident that the backgrounds, experiences and individual skill sets of both Ms. Finola O'Mani and Ms. Cloda Kavner would bring a wealth of professional experience to the stud. The Minister also thanked the two outgoing directors, Ms. Jessica Harrington and Dr. Sean Brady, for, quote, sharing their respective knowledge and skills of the thoroughbred horse industry to the benefit of the national stud. Minister McConnell said the appointments had been made following a competitive selection process run by the Public Appointment Service, PAS. Minister McConnell pointed out that Ms. Finola O'Mani had more than 20 years' experience of marketing global brands across the world in the private sector and 11 years in the Irish public sector as head of Europe for Tourism Ireland. Ms. Cloda Kavner has a long association with the INS through her former role as General Manager of the Racing Academy and Centre for Education and also in her current role as Executive Director of Godolphin Flying and this is coupled with a degree in agriculture from UCD and an MSc in management and leadership. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. We conclude our topic on farm diversification this week where we've been hearing about the establishment of a new enterprise on a farm, the term usually used when considering a non-agricultural or a novel enterprise. Many farmers and rural dwellers interested in diversifying their farm enterprise and there are countless possibilities. Tiagas produced a comprehensive body of information to help those interested in trying to identify a realistic option that might suit them for generating additional household income. Tiagas run a weekly webinar every Tuesday at 11 called Farm Business Options, providing detailed case studies from diversification champions all over Ireland. Before Christmas, a Farm Business Options webinar on farm diversification in Cork West was held. Anya O'Reardon and Seamus Lorden, Tiagas Cork West, facilitated the webinar. And the guest speakers, Alan and Valerie Kingston, Glenillan Farm, David and Elizabeth Ross, Top of the Rock Pod Park and Walking Centre, and Johnny Lynch, McCroom Buffalo Farm. Well, the panel discussed how they've diversified family farms to generate additional income, ranging from food business to hospitality and tourism. And this week we hear from Alan Kingston of Glenillan Farm and he explained on the Chagas Cork West webinar how the business got off the ground. Yeah, I'll just give you a little bit of a background maybe of how we started off. So I was your typical dairy farmer, small farm, 59 acres, 
farming with my dad, milking about 50 cows. Left school when I was 15, couldn't get out of it fast enough, couldn't get home to the farm fast enough. Love going out in the morning and bringing cows and so on and so forth. Got married in 1997 and kind of... I suppose discovered that actually, well, the, the farm we're, you know, farming here is quite small. We probably need another income. Uh, Valerie, who's um, had a, a background in dairy science from UCC, um, we started off with no intentions, I suppose, of starting a business or anything like that. Family came along, and then uh, I remember her taking a bit of milk from the bull tank and making a bit of yogurt and making a bit of cheese soft cheese and i just couldn't believe you know that you could make a product from our milk i don't know maybe what i was thinking but i always kind of thought maybe that it had to be the factory it had to be a big operation it had to be somebody else to process what you produce in terms of an ingredient so i think um for some strange reason i kind of never understood that a farmer could actually make um, a dairy product so we started making some products in the kitchen and then uh, I remember t- saying to Val one day oh, that the fridge was full of pots of yogurt and jars of this and that and the other. So I said, look, give it away or sell it or do something with it. So she marched off to the the country market in Bantry, actually, with a few pots of yogurt. I just uh, probably wanted to stay out of it because I kind of thought maybe, you know, producing food on the farm or actually selling at a market, you know, for example, that was... That was really for penny hippies. It wasn't really for me. It wasn't from a, just wasn't from, from a farmer, you know, because I, I wanted to think that I was just your traditional farmer. I was forced into going to the market, actually, because uh, Valerie was off um, having her first baby, Sally. And, of course, <laughs> she couldn't be at the market. So I was forced to go off and sell a bit of stuff. But you know what? Like we were saying earlier, actually, I really started to kind of buy into the whole thing of meeting people outside the farm, making a product from the milk from our cows and actually taking it and selling it to an end user. And that was a whole new ball game. I really started to enjoy it, actually. And rather than being embarrassed about it, I actually started really by into it. So branding, I suppose, and telling your story is a really important kind of factor in all of this. And, you know, we've been through lots of different logos, especially in the early days. And what I can say about it is that it's really expensive. Um, well, probably it's actually really expensive when it doesn't work, but it's actually really cheap when it does work. Branding, I suppose, is really, really important and keeping it really, really simple. It evolves over time as well to reflect, I suppose, your ethos and what you do. Talking about ethos, I think it's really important, actually, that you, you know, jot down on a piece of paper, actually, all of the things that, that make you tick and make your your brands tick and for us we sat down and we kind of wrote down jotted on paper well what are the things that make us get up in the morning make yogurt make your desserts and deal with consumers and and bring maybe more people into our brand basically you know our values uh, our personalities and and what is it the central thing about uh, Glen Ellen farm for us is about producing authentic farmhouse products and farmhouse taste. So I suppose our products are very clean. We like to think that they're very simple. Um, We aim at least that all of our products are really simple and that they're not complicated. You understand actually what each ingredient is. We deal with a whole range of customers, uh, uh, all the main retailers in Ireland, I suppose. And uh, as Seamus mentioned earlier in the UK, we deal with uh, 
a number of retailers there as well as Sainsbury's and Waitrose. Lots of challenges dealing with retailers. They're fantastic. They account for you know, 95% of our product going out into the market. We still go to a farmer's market every Thursday. Sustainability, like every farmer, every business, it's a big part of our um, story here as well. And for three reasons, actually. One, it's funny because with Val, you know, she wants to save the planet. For me, I want to save money. And the two kind of have to work together. I do it because there's a financial uh, benefit. Val will definitely do it because there's um, a sustainable benefit. Uh, the two have to work together. You know, it promotes Ireland. We're all in this together. I think we've lots of responsibilities to to do the right thing in terms of sustainability. Steps along the way, I'll just fly through these. So staying small or growing is really a, a big question. When you're starting off at a farmer's market, you really have to decide, do I want to go on or do I want to stay where I are? Define the principles, um, like we were doing with our chart earlier. You know, really define what is it that makes Glenelg Farm different? What do I want to really stick to? Choosing the right people to come along the road with you on the journey, really important. In our case, you know, we've really been good at delegating. That's one of the things we've been bad at, lots of things, but delegating and bringing people on board and trusting them is really, really important. Learning to delegate, that's that's so important. So staying on the upward curve, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that a business has to keep growing. You've got to keep challenging yourself if you... If you plateau and say you got there, well, then actually your business will start to go down the curve again. I think you've got to be decisive. You've got to be a leader. You've got to show your team, you know, this is the way forward and this is what we're going to do. And, and sometimes maybe you're not 100% sure, but you've got to be a leader and be confident in what you're doing. I think this is really important, putting yourself in other people's shoes, and especially with the retailers. You know, they've got shareholders, they've got margins to hit. Um, we can argue till the cows come home as to whether they're fair or not. Uh, but in the end of the day, we will always try and put ourselves in our buyer's shoes in terms of the targets that they have to meet. It's really important. It's also important to recognize your limits. And then a lot of people think that your brand has to do with Everything that people can see. You can see, obviously, the name, the brand identity, the logo. It's just all the things that you see about the business. For us, it's really important that it's actually what people don't see really defines a brand. So it's things like your staff. How do you treat your staff? What about invoicing? Is it simple? Is it accurate? Training. Uh, when somebody rings with a complaint or something, how are they treated on the end of the line? Uh, do you Are you on time for delivery? Um, are you meeting all the orders? So all of the stuff that people never see are actually define what your brand is all about. And I really think for any business and for any of us, actually, it's the things that go on behind the scenes. It's not what people see that actually makes the difference, even though that's important, but it's what people don't see that behind the scenes. So I think they're really, really important. Alan Kingston of Glenillan Farm and a reminder, tag us from the weekly webinar every Tuesday at 11am called Farm Business Options, providing detailed case studies of diversification champions from all over Ireland. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Kildorton College, Piltown County Kilkenny, operated by Chagask, will host a live virtual event for prospective applicants to its Level 5 and Level 6 courses in Agriculture, Horticulture and Equine on Thursday, 4th of March, 2021. The open day on the 4th of March for different courses will take place over the course of the evening, starting at 6pm for Horticulture, 7pm for Equine Studies and 8pm for Agriculture. It's essential an individual who wishes to join the Open Day would register at the following Chagas website, www.chagas.ie, all lowercase, for the virtual Open Day and choose the subject of most interest to them, be it agriculture, horticulture or equine studies. Anyone can register for any individual course or all of these events and get a complete feel for the college and campus life. During the event on the 4th of March, College staff and students will provide a live panel discussion, which will be interspersed with video footage of the college, educational facilities, also farm enterprises and practical skills delivery. Viewers will be invited to submit their questions using the Q&A tab throughout the session. Kildalton College boasts impressive facilities and it's worth tuning in to view the campus and get your questions answered on progression, application, grants, courses or whatever on 4th of March 2021. The website is www.chagask.ie. Demand for green cert courses has surged in recent months as younger farmers scramble for limited places. The hunger for formal agricultural qualifications has been high since they were made a requirement to access certain tax relief and schemes. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Next on Farm Talk, Stuart Childs at Tagus joins us and we're talking grazing and the challenges the current weather situation is presenting. In preparation for talking to you today, I just said I'd have a quick look at my Darren website to see what the weather stations around the, the catchment are showing and uh, given that today is, is um, mid, mid to late uh, February, we're probably looking at being on a similar part to last year if things keep going the way they're going and given that there's some heavy storms, forecast, etc., it's actually looking like it could be as wet nearly as it was last February, one of the wettest Februarys in a long time. So challenging uh, circumstances for people out there, to be honest. And just recalling the way it was last February, how did that impact then? Yeah, actually, to be fair, uh, I suppose we, we could get downbeat about it, given the way the weather is. Um, but I suppose the important thing to remember is that you are actually not going to be 
grazing a huge amount of grass in the month of February anyway. So the, um, when you look at some of the figures from last year, there wasn't actually that much of an impact, even when combined with a couple of mini droughts in, couple of, in some areas during the course of the summer then as well. Uh, growth was actually quite good and a lot of grass was grown on farms over the course of the year. So it was a good year in 2020. So there's no reason for the wet February to necessarily knock the performance of 2021 either. So we'll keep it positive as much as we can anyway. And given what we know at the minute and where we are, what is the current situation? Yeah, sure. Look, I suppose in reality, the target is to try to grade 30% by the end of February. And the reality is going to be very different again this year. There won't be too many people hitting that 30% unless they're on very dry land. And there are pockets as always that maybe not getting as much rain as other places and so forth. So we're going to be well back on the target. I'd say 20% will be the upper end of of the targets achieved in a lot of cases. And in fact, we'll probably see a lot of farms that will have 0% grazed in February. But again, as I said, it's, uh, it's nothing to be too disheartened about. If, like I think you have to take on the mantra of the heavy soil farms that are involved in the heavy soil program with us in Chagas. They graze when they can. And that applies right now as well. If it's too wet to be out, then the only place for cows is to be in the shed. Um, that said, I suppose people have to be uh, aware that the way day length is obviously quite uh, increasing as we're going along. And things do turn. If we get dry days, ground gets a chance to soak and it does dry out quick. So people need to be conscious of that and make the decisions out on the field rather than standing in the yard looking out into the field if, you follow what I'm saying. And with that in mind, what way should dairy farmers be looking to plan their grazing now over the coming weeks? Yeah, I suppose there's two things in it, Barry. I suppose the challenge that comes from no grazing in February is that you get a kind of a compressed um, grazing start date to the start of the second round, which is the real key variable, I suppose, that we're trying to nail down. If we can start the second round at the right time, we go into good quality grass and it sets up quite well for the rest of the year generally. Whereas if we miss that target... Um, start date for the second round it can throw things off quite considerably and unless we take corrective action then we, we're kind of grazing the wrong type of grass for the, the remainder of the year so the um, I suppose what do people want to do like if the weather does turn obviously the objective is people are going to try to get cows out as quickly as possible the temptation then is to just put the, get them to put their heads down and graze as much as they can as quick as they can but we have to have a balanced approach to it because even um, with the best will in the world or the best kind of a match we're going to get, we're going to be limited enough in terms of the growth that will come. So to start the second rotation, we're going to have to take a measured approach to the amount of grass that we graze. So it might mean continuing to feed it some silage maybe by night or um, in, in and out between grazing bouts as well, just to make sure that we don't go through the farm too quickly and make sure that we create a situation where we start out with uh, adequate amount of grass in going into the second rotation. And the reason for that is it's like driving a car in reality. Um, we're currently running in third gear. If we were out of grass, we'd be moving up into fourth gear and up into fifth gear, getting to top speed, basically, with high-quality diet going into cows. Um, we're not in that situation at the moment. If the weather turns, please God it will, we will turn cows out. They'll move up the gears in terms of the diet that they're consuming, high-energy, high-protein diet, good yield, um, but uh, unfortunately then if we go too, through it too quickly and we get to a point where in the month of April we're short of grass again um, because we just haven't had enough time for the grass ground that has been grazed to regrow, we end up bringing in silage again. And silage, no matter how good a quality silage you have, is always going to be an inferior product to good quality grazed grass in both energy terms and protein terms. And it's basically like dropping from fifth gear into third gear 
at a time of year where you really don't want to be doing it because as we come into the, those early days of April, we're beginning to move into peak production season. So that's going to be critical to how the cow will perform for the remainder of the year to get a good peak. And also then from a fertility point of view, um, my colleague uh, Dorian Carden in Munster Bovine and her colleagues there always talk about having cows in a rising plane of nutrition. And as I said, even with the best quality silage in the world, that rising plane of nutrition is going to dip back. If, so we want to try and keep the, the grass quality right in front of cows and be grazing grass in April rather than grass and silage. So the silage should really go in during the month of March in order to stem the tide, I suppose, or the slow the speed of going through the grass uh, to make sure that it's grass and meal that's been consumed in early April to tee the farm up for, uh, from a grazing point of view, from a cow reproductive point of view, and also from a milk production point of view. So it's a, quite an important balance to get right. Stuart Childs of Chagas. Next, we look at some of the key factors likely to influence the Irish agri-food industry in 2021. John O'Connor has been referencing material contained in a 15-page document commissioned from Liam de Puer, de Puer Consultancy, by Irish Farmers Monthly. Some excerpts from a very comprehensive document I've been referring to in recent times. It's a veritable mind of information and data. From the average age of Irish farmers to new EU environmental restrictions for 2021. De Puer Consultancy compiled a review of the agri-food industry in 2020 and indicated some likely trends for the current year 2021. The 15-page document, based on a wide range of independent studies and reports, was commissioned by Irish Farmers Monthly Publication and full details are available on the De Puer Consultancy website at www.depuer.ie Email contact liam at depuer.ie That's D-E-P-A-O-R dot I-E you mentioned the average age of Irish farmers. Right across the European Union, there's been a tendency for fewer younger people to commit their lives to farming. So what is the agri-profile like here in Ireland, John? The age profile of our farmers continues to rise and only 7,400 farmers are under 35 years of age at the last survey, while 41,200 are over 65 years of age. This obviously impacts on farm health and safety as older farmers and people in general are regarded to be in a higher risk category. On a more positive note, there are now more than 3,000 registered farm partnerships with the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, and 343 new partnerships were registered as of May 2020 in advance of the Basic Payment Scheme deadline. Listeners would find it useful to be reminded about the new EU environmental restrictions for 2021. I understand the GLASS scheme will be an integral part of these environmental restrictions, for which, of course, the farmer is to be compensated. GLASS is integral, but it's only part of an extremely wide range of measures and regulations aimed at enhancing the environment and keeping our watercourses free of pollution. GLASS stands for the Green Low Carbon Agri-Environment Scheme. It pays farmers to promote biodiversity, protect our water quality and help combat climate change. GLOSS was launched back in 2015 and to date 50,000 Irish farmers have received over €745 million Euro in payments. GLOSS payments amounted to €213.8 million Euro in 2019, distributed to 47,614 farmers. And John, how effective has the glass scheme been in protecting water quality? 
Well, over half of Ireland's rivers are currently not at the required EU water quality status of good or high. Farm roadway runoff can contain sediment, faecal organic matter, nutrients and pathogens, harmful bacteria, which can contribute to a decline in water quality if allowed to enter waters. And soiled water runoff from fields, how can that be corrected or rendered less harmful to the aquatic parts of the environment? By diverting the soiled water onto a field or away from a watercourse or roadside ditch where the bad water can soak through the soil helps reduce the impact on our waters. The reasons for diverting onto a field away from the roadside or the ditch is that one of soil's core functions is its ability to filter clean soiled water as it passes through the soil. It also attenuates the nutrients in the soil that is in the runoff water. And I understand there will be implementation of the low emission slurry spreading as well as the EU nitrates directive and a possible ban on ploughing under certain circumstances yet to be clarified. But slurry spreading, there's a strict deadline in place there in 2021, isn't there? That's correct. Farmers have until 15th of April 2021 to start using the LESS type of slurry spreading. LESS stands for Low Emission Slurry Spreading, and a new development for the future, but not confirmed just yet, Tillage farmers may be prohibited from ploughing their own land if the soil is high in organic matter. At a recent webinar, a Department of Agriculture spokesman told the Irish Grain Growers Group that extra rules for tillage farmers look inevitable under the new developing cap, with a possible outright ban on farmers ploughing their own land if the soil is perceived to be high in organic matter, but that has to be confirmed. Thanks for that, John. I understand Siobhan Walsh, farm sustainability specialist with the Irish Farmers Journal, writes about the ploughing issue in this week's journal. Farmers have been reassured that it pays to shop around when it comes to fertiliser. IFA Farm Business and Inputs Chairperson Ms Rosemary McDonough has highlighted the variations in fertiliser prices across the nation in the month of January. Following a recent survey completed by the IFA, details available on the IFA website at the following www.ifa.ie. Ms McDonough points out that while fertiliser prices will differ slightly from region to region, there are still savings to be made from shopping around. The survey carried out by the IFA collected the prices of several fertilisers in each county across Ireland. Ms McDonough said there is significant variation in fertiliser prices across the country, ranging from €10 a tonne up to €30 a tonne. The keenest quotes, of course, are for volume orders and or near-cash deals. In many cases, bulk purchase and self-collection reduce price by €10 to €20 a tonne. Ms McDonough points out some merchants are offering extended credit terms in order to secure good business. Buyer groups, in many cases, are securing discounts on the above quotes. The IFA Farm Business and Inputs Chairperson points out that since the beginning of February there have been aggressive price hikes with increases of €30 a tonne common across most fertilisers despite strong supply.
Wholesale prices have increased because of reported difficulties in securing raw supplies and the impact of COVID-19 on supply chains. John O'Connor for Firm Talk. ICSA Tillage Chair Gavin Carberry described the speed at which fertiliser prices have increased in recent weeks as staggering and said it will have dire consequences for farm incomes. He said given the price increases, the choice to move to organic farming might be more appealing to many tillage farmers. Following on now on the topic of fertilising, I'm joined by Susan Casey, South Cork Dairy Gold Area Sales Manager, to talk to us about ground conditions. So I began by asking Susan how it is in her area at the moment. I suppose, realistically, there's very few cows out so far, and, and any that have gone out, they're out for, for very few hours. And I'd say in places, intakes have been overestimated. Fertiliser-wise, there's very little gone out. There doesn't seem to be a huge um, kind of push with farmers at the moment looking for it. So I suppose they're keeping an eye on the weather and they know themselves that it is still a bit um, tricky to get out given the, the current weather. Number one, the, the amount of rain we've had and it's it's nearly every day now we're getting some kind of a heavy shower. So you you ideally don't want to be putting out fertiliser if you know there's any kind of a heavy shower coming. You you can't really guarantee there's going to be much of it left in the field and also soil temperatures, depending where you are, you'd be lucky really if they are above 6-7 degrees um, and, and until they come up above 6 degrees you're not really going to have any grass growth so you're not going to be making use of that fertiliser so that putting it out you're you're not really going to get the benefit of it. So in relation to fertilising at this time, what's your advice on it now? You know, what way should they be looking at the, the situation? You, you'd be checking your local forecast anyway, mainly, and see is there any couple of days coming now um, that, that you could get out with it. But again, it, it, it's can you actually travel the ground is probably um, the main thing. It is very wet in places from being out and about a bit. Um, fields look waterlogged. You're not going to be going in there. Um, with a tractor anytime soon so it really is just give it a few days to dry out and make sure there is no rain coming in the forecast ideally and the temperatures do seem to be, to be picking up so you'd be hoping they will hold. And what would the best conditions? It's been quite windy as well for the last few days so you'd, you'd, you'd hope the wind would, would be quite calm going out and just ideally that there's no rain in the forecast. Um, no heavy showers, it's grand if, it, if it's a light bit of rain, but if there's any kind of a heavy shower in 24, 48 hours, you, you don't really want to be going out with your fertiliser. To be fair, there does seem to be in most places anyway a good cover of grass there at the moment, and a lot of lads did make use of slurry um, early, kind of in, in, in early January there, just as, as, as it opened, they got lucky um, just before the weather broke. So to be fair, that has carried grass over and the winter was quite mild so there there is a nice bit of of, of grass there at the moment um, it's just about you need to take in your own stocking stocking rate um, what gr- kind of grass covers you have how many cows you're going to be turning out whether if, if you have a majority of your cows calve now and you want to be turning them out you have a different demand compared to someone who's only starting to get going so Maybe just check in with your ASM or your advisor and see see as, as you're going. Mokrin of Ferrema has produced a number of very interesting reports in recent weeks. A recent Young Farmer survey in which 134 people participated shows TB status is very influential among young farmers. A majority said TB status would influence their purchasing choices. Dairy farmers are more concerned than beef farmers, but the majority across sectors agreed the TB status of a herd would be influential. 
Mockra members welcome the Minister's recent commitment to accommodate the forgotten farmers for payments under the new cap. Young farmers have been left out in the cold for too long. There are approximately 4,000 farmers in this category who haven't been previously accommodated for. Mockra members have been sharing their experience of working from home in the COVID pandemic. The recent Rural Youth Survey asked a series of questions about work-life balance and the impact of COVID on their lives. 53% like working from home, 34% don't are working from a remote hub in the future. Over 47% are happy with their current life balance, 53% though unhappy. 59% identified spending more time with families as a positive. 48% believe there has been an increase in spending in the local economy. Other positives include learning new skills, greater care of the environment and more community spirit. Mokra retains its position as the third highest lobby organisation on the lobby register. Recent lobbying centred on young farmers and young rural workers, digitalisation of rural Ireland and the important role young farmers will play in future EU environmental policies. Now from this week we get to hear from Mockery Clubs around Cork again as activities hot up, all online and socially distant of course. Chair of UCC Mockery, John Downey joins us. Like anything, I thought COVID has changed the way in which we're kind of active but um, we kind of decided at the start of the year that it would change the way in which we're active but it wouldn't change how active we are. Um, so we made a decision that we'd try and hold an event every week and we've been very successful in doing so thankfully. Um, so we've held events every Monday night, Macro Monday night. And of course, we're a UCC society throughout the first and second college semester. We've had loads of events. The ones that come to mind in particular are, are hugely successful um, Among Us Games night and our Junior Quiz night. Plenty of events coming up in the coming days and weeks. So I suppose the uh, biggest one coming up is our Father Take Quiz. So this Monday coming, the 22nd of February at 7pm, we're holding our annual Father Take Quiz. And we'll be holding this on Microsoft Teams and Kahoot. This Monday coming, 22nd of February at 7pm. Coming up the week after that, we'll be holding another bingo night on the 1st of March. And then at the week starting the 8th of March, we'll be having our one of our biggest events today, our virtual week in the farm. So given the current restrictions, our annual farm trip, unfortunately, won't be able to go ahead. And instead, we'll be holding a series of Instagram takeovers with many of our committee members. They'll be showing us around their farms and speaking about specific topics. We'll be holding a series of speaker nights with well-known speakers. And the lineup is to be confirmed, but topics on the night are set to include dairy expansion, environmental sustainability, and mental health, among other topics. So we've been extremely active on social media throughout the year, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And just this past week, we had our first viral TikTok with over 17,000 views and 2,500 likes. They're the main things at the moment um, from a UCC point of view. Um, I suppose from a Shandun point of view, there's those going on as well. And social and travel officer, Selena O'Donnell, will touch on that next week. Last week, Kinsale Mocker held a great bingo night, which is thoroughly enjoyed by all. And they're currently running a Couch to 5K initiative, which is great to get people active, as well as a tank initiative. Um, during the cold February night, we, we all need something to kind of look forward to. So this is um, going very well. Um, also at the moment, the slightly changed national talent competition is coming up with new categories added, such as best TikTok dance. And this year, all entries will be online and be sent to Michael Buckley, Glanmire. Chair of UCC Mockery, John Downey. We'll hear more from Mockery next week. 
Thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thank you for listening. Farm Talk with John O'Connor with Dairy Gold Heifer Rearer Cube, a trusted partner to help your replacement heifers reach their target weights and meet their full potential. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.